All right, friends, this is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. And yes, we are here together on this wonderful day uh, to study the book of Genesis. So come join me, grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your soda, whatever, Bible, food, <laughs> whatever that may be. And come join me as we go through Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 to 17. A great text uh, about good morning or good evening, Matt. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today we are going through our, our study of life, right? God breathing life into man and, and the, the implications of that as we uh, live, well, live daily. Uh, in his care. So why don't we uh, begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, Redeemer, King, Blessed Savior, Lord, we pray this day that you may guide us always in your word, that you breathe life into us, leading us by your Holy Spirit and giving us eternal life in your name. Bless us in this word, for we know that all things come from you, O Lord, that you continue to lead and provide for us by your gracious and bountiful hand. But for all these things, we are thankful we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, what is going on today, folks? Let's see. I'm glad uh, you're with me, and I'm glad uh, you are doing well this day. Or, Lord willing, I hope, I pray that you are doing well this day. Uh, but let's study. Let's get into this. Study is good. All right, Genesis 2, 4 to 17. What is happening here? Again, this is the flashback of uh, the days of creation. So uh, it's always interesting to see this a little kind of flashback in a sense of uh, Moses and the reminder of, well, how the Lord created um, in a sense of uh, not a process, but rather uh through these days, uh, there there would be these developments, right? And we see right here uh, the reminder of the creation of man and woman. That's the sixth day of creation, of course. And we see, if we could read together, verse 4. Um, these are the generations, the Toledoth, the Toledoth, sorry, my, my Hebrew is not the best. The Toledoth, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, the key is, these are the generations, right? So, when we talk about generations, when we talk about the scope of time, this is the moment to which our Lord very well knew past, present, future, eternity, God, as we talked about last week, is timeless. Uh, there's no scope of time for God because He is eternal. But the key is, when we talk about uh, the heavens and the earth being created, and the generations and all these things, the key point is, this is the first time we hear the, the Lord God, right? The Yahweh, the Yahweh um, Elohim, the, the, that He is truly uh, the Lord God. Now this is this really does. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. If you have ever read generation, uh, generations Genesis, uh, but here we see you know God showing us in chapter one his power by his word. God said, but now he introduces Lord, this relationship, this relation, this 
uh, one who looks after the kingdom, right? So not only is he God who is all-powerful, who is omniscient, omnipresent, um, omnipotent, uh, that what his word said, as we see in Genesis chapter 1, wow, he is all-powerful. What he said he would do. And now we see uh, Lord God in a sense where this is for you. Think about that. The Lord that, you know, when we say in the catechism, uh, what does it mean to, uh, to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Uh, what we mean by that, again, is um, the Lord of creation, the Lord of, well, in, in, that, in that context, sorry, the Lord of the redemption, right? It, it always brings us back to the upper room with Thomas, uh, unless I see the marks on the hands and the side, I, I will not believe Jesus comes in uh, because he wasn't there the first time. He comes in uh, the next time in there um, without even asking, right? Thomas doesn't even ask. And Jesus just shows him and, and places his hands on his side and, and, his, and shows him the marks. And there, what does, uh, what does um, Thomas say? He says, my Lord, my God. So, again, it, it, it all connects, right? I mean, Jesus Christ is Lord because he is Lord of all. That is, by his death and resurrection, he has defended, has washed away our sins, has protected and given us the mighty refuge as our Lord does for his kingdom. Now, in the same way, Lord God, Lord as creator God, right? Lord as redeemer God, Lord as sanctifying God. Lord here is a point to this is where everything comes from. Do you believe that? Right uh, through all the uh, the worries, through all the anxiety, uh, 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 through all the things of daily bread, we thank the Lord because He is our Father. Again, relational, as we are His children, all by what He has done for us and continues to do for us as the one true God, powerful Word, active, continues to sustain us. God said by His Word, which we will talk about a little later. Right, so this Lord God is very important in a sense where it really does point us to uh, who our, our God is, that he is uh, not only the one true God, but also he is our Lord who made the earth, who made the heavens, and who continues uh, to provide for us every step of the way. Right? I mean, even when I prayed with my children this morning before I dropped them off in the morning, we, we definitely thank the Lord for this day. Of course, it's Friday, so the kids are happy that you know, tomorrow's a day off for them after school. But uh, yeah, today is a day where we thank the Lord for all that we, and as, as he has continued to do for all the generations, uh, bless us and, and provide for us. So anyways, so the Lord God, power word, God said, relation, that we are, again, a reminder that we are under his, his care. Sorry if I'm writing small, uh, but um, I plan to get, another whiteboard in the future so we have dual whiteboards wouldn't that be cool we should just like whiteboard the whole room you know i could just be here forever anyways the point is uh that we are under his care and we should just have a, a whiteboard room you know like the walls be all whiteboard and everything be whiteboard so i could just walk around and use a whiteboard all day anyways uh, i love to teach love to teach love to teach i never got my teaching um just a quick i never i was Actually, in, at UC Irvine, I, at uh, the state school there, I was, um, my, I didn't finish it, but my minor was education. That was what I, that's what I would be doing if I wasn't probably being a pastor, would be a teacher. That was kind of my, uh, one of my aspirations in life, to be, um, I think, an elementary school teacher. 
Oh, wow, right? Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Verse 5 to 6, right here. Uh, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God, again, Lord God. Remember, this is, again, a reminder of who our Father is as the Lord of creation for us, has not caused it to rain on the land. And there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. All right. So there was no rain. There was this water that came uh, from the land, kind of like a, it's hard to explain, like a mist, uh, like a, I guess, I guess you'd call it, um, uh, like a dew, I guess you'd call it. Um, but it is this moisture that would uh, definitely uh, keep uh, the, the land from going dry, from being droughted, and there the Lord would provide this very mist. Now, the first, uh, the first recognition of rain is, where do you think, you guys? What do you think? It's probably uh, a, good, a good hint would be Noah, right? Noah and the flood, right? Rain, flood. And that's the first uh, mention of rain. But until then, uh, we see this mist, this, this dew uh, that would uh, naturally moisturize the soil, Right? Okay, so continue on here. Verse 7. Then the Lord God, Lord God again, otra vez, una vez más, right? The Lord God, um, yeah, yeah. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. Now, I'm going to read a lot of Luther today because, um, of course, He's Luther, right? And he's got some good stuff to say. Um, and here we see, again, the Lord God, again, formed man. Who formed you? Generations. He knows the blueprint of all the world. He knows what is to happen yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. He formed man out of dust. What do we see on Ash Wednesday? 319, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Right? And this is uh, after the fall, the consequence of their sin. Surely you will die if you from the tree, which we'll talk about later. But here we see the Lord God again. He is the author of life. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2, and God formed man out of dust and did, did what? He breathed life, right? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and now became a living creature, right? So physical, but also spiritual. And then when we talk about breathing life, how does, how does he breathe life? By his very word, right? He breathes life into the nostrils, forming out of dust, the man breathing life into his very being by the very word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed, right? Again, it's the word that gives life, uh, not only physically, but also spiritually, Luther says right here, 
This is uh, Volume 1, American Edition, page 84, if you have Luther's works by chance. Although all the remaining works of God are perfect objects of wonder and are very sublime, this nevertheless proves conclusively that man is the most outstanding creature. When God creates him, he takes counsel and employs a new procedure. He does not leave it to the earth to produce him like the animals and the trees. But he himself shapes him according to his image as if he were God's partner and one who would enjoy God's rest. And so Adam is a dead and inactive clod before he is formed by the Lord. God takes that clod and form from it a most beautiful creature which has shared in immortality. So what God made was in his own image. And there in his own image, he breathed life into them and gave them, as a result, immortality. Why don't we turn uh, to 1 Corinthians 15, 44. Forty-four to forty-nine. First Corinthians fifteen. Uh, forty-four to forty-nine. First Corinthians fifteen. Forty-four to forty-nine. Once again, First Corinthians fifteen. Forty-four to forty-nine, and it reads. Follow along. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was born or was from the earth, a man of dust, Adam. The second man is from heaven, Jesus, as with As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So if you you follow me there, we very well see that though we were born in the image, in a sense of that we were all born... as we are formed by God, uh, by his very word, we also very well know that it's by the word made flesh where there we are also uh, uh, restored and that we are formed in a sense of um, by his redemption uh, given uh, this gift of eternal life, right? That this word is breathed in us, right? From natural to spiritual, from our physical being to our uh, spiritual, to our faith, to our life in him, uh, to our belief uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. This is what God does by breathing life into us in, in, in these ways of natural to the spiritual. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, as we continue on here, um, following, follow me here. Uh, we are on verse 8 of of our reading, and it reads right here. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. 
Eden. Planted a garden. Eden means delight. Or paradise. We know the word. Luke 23, 43. Criminal on the cross. Remember me. Right? Remember that? And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And when we talk about paradise and delight, this is a a place of perfection, a place uh, that God gives to Adam uh, for for his um, working and tilling, as we'll talk about later. But this is a perfect place. This is uh, where uh, Adam has all dominion, uh, where where he would uh, have all the things that he would need to live immortally. We talked about that earlier. And we know what happens, Genesis 3, but yet at the same time, It shows us clearly the grace of our Lord as he is hanging upon the cross, bloodied, shattered, uh, whipped, scolded, ridiculed. But yet in that very moment of seeming defeat, he says to the, the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. That look back to Eden, that look, that perfect image of restoration, of oneness with God, as you live under the Lord God in his bountiful blessings. This is what our Lord brings. So when we talk about the, the love of God, think about that. How much does he love you that he provides for you in so many different ways, right? He gives you life. Did you choose to be in this life? I'd say so not. Wait, I'd say so not. Yes, I wouldn't say so. I know I was watching Yoda the other day, Star Wars. I love that guy, right? Young Harrison Ford, right? Young uh, Mark Hamill. Anyways, Yoda, man. Love that guy. Love talking like him, too. Anyways, but the point is, is that when we speak of Eden and, and paradise, this is the picture of what God has given to them. This is his continued grace and, and bountiful blessing that he gives to his creation, We know what happened to that paradise. We know what happened. But yet, here at the end of the day, he comes to us to give us that paradise through the giving of his son. Now, Eden, as we talk about, um, um, is a place, if you look at the locale here, uh, we're going to skip verse 9. I'm going to come back to it. But I'm going to read verse 10 and following. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is one that followed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Nice place to be. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that uh, flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Okay, so this is the picture or the, the geographical description of where um, Eden was in a sense of its locale. Many would say present-day Iraq. Um, uh, but due to the flood, I know many people always try to search for Eden. Due to the flood, as we know in Genesis, uh, all was washed away. So it is very difficult to pinpoint uh, exactly where that Garden of Eden is, right? Uh, but the point is, is this, um, is that this is what God gave to, to his creation, to man. He gave them this place. I mean, this is our loving God who, who provided and who cared and who continued uh, to lead uh, man um, by his 
continued provisions, right? Um, and there, verse 15, uh, why don't we read that? Oh, sorry. Verse 9, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil was also there. So when we talk about tree of life, this is a source of two trees, source of blessing, source of life, source of where they would live immortally. Is immortally a word? doesn't look like one. I don't know. Anyways, but the point is, is that God gives us, God gave man this tree to give them all that they needed. The sustenance, uh, the care, uh, life, life and immortality. Uh, but yet he also gave the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we'll talk about a little bit, is, is um, uh, for the divine. This is God's knowledge. Key word, God. Right? Not mine, uh, not what I need to know, but rather this is relegated to God. And, oh, yes, another Luther quote here. I love this one. Uh, Luther's Works, volume 1, page 95, American edition. This tree, the knowledge of good and evil, was Adam's church, altar, and pulpit. Here he was to yield to God the obedience he owed, giving recognition to the word and will of God, give thanks to God, and to call upon God for aid against temptation. Right? And again, you know, uh, Adam was made perfect. Adam had, before the fall, the perfect will. In a sense where he had the free will. Not the perfect will, but the, the, in a sense the free will, right? He had the free will to do as God commanded him. Now, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a place, as we just read that quote there, a place where we worship God, where we uh, uh, give recognition uh, to the word and will of God, where there we live under the divine, under our Lord God, and there we listen to his word, which he'll give the prohibition soon. But these are the two trees, right, that he gives to them. That they could eat from any of the trees except, we'll talk about this later in a little bit. Well, anyways, so the tree served as a true test of obedience, right? Um, that here we see the two trees that he placed in the garden. And, and there they were to, uh, well, I guess we'll read 16 and 17 as well. Why don't we read that together? It says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. All right? So God gives Adam this command. Eat of every tree, but also in that command the prohibition but not of the tree of good and evil, right? Um, this is the great temptation that Adam and Eve would face in the garden, right? Um, that in their being created by God, 
Uh, here, uh, the Lord says, listen to me, listen to my word. I am the Lord, your God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, Psalm 121. And there we very well know, listen to me, listen to my word, because I created you. I breathe life into you. And there, uh, you are not God. You are under the one true God. You are under the Lord God and his care, right? So follow my word, right? This is really a good test uh, uh, for Adam and Eve, uh, for humanity, for man, as they would, as soon enough, uh, they would face the, the serpent, the Satan in the garden, and there we would, well, we very well know uh, what happens. Uh, but when we talk about this, this whole uh pattern or this whole rhythm, the tree of life, God provides all for this life and body and soul. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, this is the place to which they uh, uh, worship, where they meditate upon the will of God. This is the place where they uh, uh, trust in the divine, they trust in the Lord God and his knowledge, and there they stay. They don't try to be like God, which the devil uh, tempted them with, but rather they live under God and his name because he is the one true Lord. This is the one thing that they were not to do because the re- result would be you will surely die, right? The consequence is not only die, but also death, right? Now, die is one thing, but I guess as I talked about a Bible study on Wednesday, uh, what is it about death? I think we, none of us, you and me, uh, can imagine a life without death. Like, we can imagine it, We could kind of picture it for ourselves, right? Yeah, life without death. What would that look like, right? I mean, physical death would not... Just think about that. You know, when we're born into this world, just like a car that goes off the lot at the local car dealership, we know we're depreciating in value daily, right? We know what is coming next, and that is inevitably our own death. Think about that. Before the fall, there was no death. There was no fear of death. There was no thought of death. There was no worry of death. Even in, in the midst of COVID, we very well know that many people are fearing death this day. Right? Think about that. That's all the result of sin. But without sin, without them sinning, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this, this uh, unnatural, the most unnatural thing of our life is death. Because we very well know ever since creation, they were to live immortally. Without death. Lest if they eat from this tree, death would come into the world. And all humanity, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And there they would face the consequence. So think about that. What could have been? I always wonder that. What could have been? How perfect our life would be. Right? Um, sadness. Worry. Affliction. Terror. Emptiness. I wouldn't even know what that was. You wouldn't even know what that is. This is all the consequence of the fragility of flesh that we live in this day. Right? So, 
This is、uh, what tree they were not to eat of. This is God things, not man things, but this is God things for him. And there we worship him. There we trust him. There, as Adam,、uh, as Luther would call it, is his church altar and pulpit. There he would、uh, meditate on the will and word of God and give thanks and call upon his name, but yet would not take the position of God because he is the Lord God. Remember, Lord God, Lord God. Uh, uh, Lord God, as He continues to bring this out, showing I am your God, the one of the creation, redemption, and sanctification. I give you all things, and there you live under my name. Hallowed be the name.、Um, commandment uh, two: uh, Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And this is the name to which you live under, because I am the Lord God, and you are my children. This is your place to live in this life of faith under my name, and you will, as you follow this word, will live forever. He says to、uh, to man. But yet, what happens? We all we all know the story. They fall short, and death and sin, of course, just as Jesus promised in a way that if they did eat from this tree, they would die. Death came into the world. All right. And this is the key here, of all this. One last quote from Luther. Listen in. But original sin, original sin, really means that human nature has completely fallen, that the intellect has become darkened, so that we no longer know God and His will, and no longer perceive the works of God. That the will is ex- extraordinarily depraved. So that we do not trust the mercy of God and do not fear God, but are unconcerned, disregard the word and will of God, and follow the desire and the impulses of the flesh. Likewise, that our conscience is no longer quiet, but when it thinks of God's judgment, despairs and adopts illicit defenses and remedies. See, this is. The death knell that has come into the world. Luther shows us the the, the extraordinary, extraordinary depravity of man. You know, when you understand your sin for what it is, do not eat from this tree, lest sin and death will enter into the world. You very well know that because of the original sin in the garden, there we—I love that word—extraordinarily are depraved.、Uh, that we are、uh, because of sin. That our word and will is rebelling against God.、Uh, that we disregard His word. That the fear of God—it it doesn't concern us because of our sin, and our conscience is no longer quiet, but rather it is constantly harassing us. It's constantly noisy, always trying to find a defense for the terror in our conscience. That is all the reality of the fall. See, the importance of understanding original sin is this. Is that when we speak of sin, it's not just something that we can handle ourselves, but rather in this uh, uh, prohibition, in this consequence of what they were to do,、uh, if they were to do, they would fall into death. It really brought the separation from God, all due to their sin.、And、because of it, this is how we were all born. Born into sin, you know. 
Um, this is the tragedy. But yet even in the midst of tragedy, I wanted to close with this, is we see God's grace and mercy continuing to abound. See, the key is, this is the Lord your God. We all fall short, right? We all fall short to the glory of God because of our sin. But yet in his creation, he provides in their being, even in their fall. What does he say in the Proto-Evangelion 3.15 of Genesis? He says, from the offspring of a woman. He's pointing to Christ right there. That he continues to graciously provide for you daily bread, but also true, I am the bread of life, Jesus Christ, John 6. The Lord God is the key point of all this. Who is the Lord your God? What does he do for you? And this is everything, even in the midst of death to which they and we deserve eternally condemnation. That is our lot. But yet our grace of our Lord sends us the one who says, today you will be with me in paradise. Boom, back to that perfect reconciliation, that perfect restored image and promise of Jesus Christ. The key is paradise and delight. And that is what Jesus brings, namely the forgiveness of your sins as your name is written in the book of life. This is who your Lord God is. See, that's the thing. When we start to play Lord God, you and me both, this paradise is not on the table, right? I mean, this paradise is not what is set on our in our sinful nature. We want to take control. We want what's best for us. The, the fear of God we are unconcerned with. The regard and will to the word of God we are unconcerned with. You know, even with our conscience, right? As terrified as it may be at times, if it's not as we are Lord God, we think that we have to deal with that ourselves, that we need to bring some sort of justification, some sort of evidence and declaration that we are innocent and that we are good with God and therefore we have peace with him. No, right? It's not by our works, but it's by the true Lord God. This is the dynamic that we see with Satan who continues to twist what Lord God truly means. Thomas is a reminder of that. We are our own reminder of that because at the end of the day, when we say Lord God, this is from above Nicodemus, John chapter 3, and we very well know that because of who he is shown to us in Genesis 2, 4 to 17, and Genesis 3, the first gospel. Why am I yelling, by the way? <laughs> I'm like here all by myself. Anyways, I am with you guys, of course, right? But it reminds us of God's continued grace, mercy, compassion. Because this is who your Lord is. He destroys the devil's work. He sheds his blood. He, he, he gives you the resurrection because of what he has done for you first in his own resurrection three days later. See, this is who your Lord God is. It's not simply he created and they fell, right? I mean, that's definitely a big part of the story, right? But it is the Lord God who continues to control the narrative. He is the storyteller. He is the life giver. He is the one who knows all things good and evil. He very well knows what is to come because he is the one true God. And they're even in the mess of their sin, original sin that brought the extraordinary depravity to all of humanity, even in me and you, he gives us Jesus. 
That is the key. The Lord God. <laughs> what a great and wonderful Lord we have. That I, as a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins, right? That I deserve te your temporal and eternal punishment, right? But that our Lord gives us the beloved Son, that by his holy, innocent um, suffering and death, that he would forgive us, the poor, sinful beings. And, and that is what our Lord does. He gives us Jesus, the Lord God. That's the key. Got it? Got it? Got it? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yup. That is right. The Lord God. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this word. Lord, we know that you are the one who breathes life into man, who forms man, who, who gives man uh, the continued grace and provisions of daily bread, but also the true bread, Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that we that we uh, know what we ought to do, but we do the very thing that we hate. That, Lord, we are sinners. But thank you, O Lord, for your paradise, for your words from the cross, for the promise of forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation. Bless us, O Lord, because you are our God, as we live under your name. Continue to protect, guide, lead, and defend us from the evil foe. Lord, for all these things, we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today, and hopefully this went well. Please review it. Uh, go back um, on, our, um, on our archive here and go back to certain points, and uh, please apply it to your life. What a great study we have. But until next time, please join us 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for our one, uh, we're doing a one service this week uh, for our new members, uh, our new member recognition. So one service, special time, live on on YouTube, our worship will be at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday Pacific Standard Time. So please join us if, if you don't have a church or if you can't come to church. We're here for you. Please listen in. God be with you all. And until next time, you are forgiven of all of your sins. Yep, that's right. You are forgiven. Adios. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.